Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Thriving into the new world. Hi, I'm Diane Allen, and I'm here with a wonderful guest today, Jason Stein. I'm in Florida. He is in Oregon. And we've known each other for quite some time. And today's episode of Someone Gets Me is all about how to thrive in the new world that's unfolding. All the molds are breaking. Everything we thought was isn't quite the way we thought it was. Things are changing just even while we're sleeping. And Jason leads a huge community of wellness renegades, we call them. And he is one himself and he has an amazing family. And he's found a way to maneuver through the rapids of this amazing change that we're going through in a way that really serves his family, himself, and his community. So I asked him back on the show so that we can talk about some current situations. You might have remember hearing his episode quite some time ago. It was in July 23rd of 2018 is when episode number one with Jason was released, and that's on iTunes and Podbean. This episode is an expansion of that other one. So Jason, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here because it is a time to question everything and to find your thrive. And so I'm excited for the conversation. Oh, I think it's gonna be great. Can you give everybody just a little bit of an understanding of kind of who Jason Stein is, where you came from, how you got to this place, and then we'll launch into the rest of the questions and catch up people who haven't heard you before. Oh, the, the dreaded who are you question. Well, <laughs> the answer is <laughs> I'm constantly evolving and changing. Uh, my background is in Chinese medicine. Uh, I was an acupuncturist in a hospital. I found that most people get sick from their working environment or their purpose or passion project uh, because it just, it kills them slowly. And uh, I became a professional coach in about 2004, uh, created a meditation in the workplace program and have been working uh, for at least the last decade, decade and a half with small business owners that are in the wellness sector. And I find that uh, this COVID-19 thing is completely upside down for most people. It, it's just, it, it has us freaked out beyond belief. And we're doing these wacky things. It's not that in shelter or stay at home or quarantine is wacky. It's wacky when there's no testing available. So to thrive, we have to take back all the power. We have to take back the control of not letting our doctors tell us what to do or our banker or our mom or our neighbor. <laughs> like we really have to say, you know, the strongest knowledge base is inside of us. And how can we access that? Oh, that's amazing. And so I, I have to give you a little story about not letting other people control us because I think it's kind of cute. Here in the Tampa Bay area, there's like three main counties and actually there's five. And so it, Hillsborough County is where Tampa is and I'm in Pinellas County where Clearwater and St. Pete are. 
they're thinking about opening our beaches again here, which they closed, you know, a while ago. And then Tampa just put all their people on a curfew between nine to five. And then the county south of us is thinking about opening their boat ramps and maybe their beaches. And so the mixed messages from mm. county to county, it, and we all kind of live as one big group. So right. it's like, whoa, baby, what is going on? And I'm like, okay, so one county's opening up, the other one's closing down. It's like the head doesn't know what the tail is doing. And it's the wellness people who, in, in my world anyway, the people who come from that more foundation of wellness up, not intervention down, right. that, that seem to have a handle on how to approach these kinds of things. So what would be some tips you would share the average listener person out there who's probably overdosing on the news right. and isn't really sure what to do? And of course, they took away and closed all the offices of the acupuncturists and the massage people and all that. Right. So it's kind of like the government took away the healing power of that group or at least that part of it. So what would you say to the people out there that are all confused? Yeah, the first thing is you got to unplug. Like if you're watching the news or you're watching the death toll or the stats, like you have to start to guard uh, your gateway, which is actually your mind, your body, your soul. And so I would recommend if you're going to get online, um, especially onto social media, find some positive places to be to counterbalance the, can I have cuss on this podcast? Like, yes. Oh, the shithole of like Facebook sometimes. Like if you're constantly trying to get more information, your body's going to feel heavy. And ultimately they've proven that it lowers the immune system. It increases depression and anxiety, really um, it's time to take back your attention because the internet wants to pull it away and use it against you. So that's the first thing. Uh, that's a big one. That's a very big one. The internet it, is calculated to pull your attention away it is. and then use it against you. Yes. Yeah. And so let's talk just for a second about simplicity because I don't want to talk big, big ideas and then people are like, well, now I don't know where to start. Right. So Pulling your attention, the main thing, if you have always wanted a daily grounding practice or you have one, it's time to take it deeper. So that could be uh, yoga, sun salutations, mindfulness, meditation, prayer. If you're concerned about like, well, I really want to do an hour a day, just start with five minutes, 10 minutes a day, but do it every day. And you will slowly, even within 21 days, 30 days, you're going to notice mm -hmm. a shift in your body and your being. You're going to notice that like your um, family member that always gets you no longer gets you the same way. <laughs> You're going to notice your pull towards economic upheaval and freak out about like, will you have enough starts to like turn down the volume. Right. So that'd be, be the first thing is mind. Right. So the second thing after mind is body. You have to get your body moving. And, and if you're in quarantine or in shelter or uh, whatever they're calling it in your neck of the woods, uh, you still got to move your body. And there are a billion home workouts online right now. You can create your own. I, I saw a guy the other day, like move your junk. So he takes junk in his garage and he, he like moves it around. 
my wife and I did a, a video uh, online yesterday just for fun and, and we're still moving. We're still having fun. And if you stop moving your body, my background in Chinese medicine, things stagnate. So the fear stagnates or the pain stagnates. And so you got to keep moving. And then the last piece, so first piece is mind, second piece is body. The third piece would be uh, food and really um, easy. Like I've heard there's a huge increase of stress eating going on right now. And if you can take back your immunity and not wait for someone else to boost it up, but you can boost it yourself, your odds are going to be so much better if you get infected with COVID or anything else, the next flu or whatever's going around or even allergies right now are a big deal. Right. So taking back our own immune system is a really big deal. And so we live in a Western society that says intervention medicine, wait till you get sick. And then someone outside of you is going to tell you what to do to fix it, which is backwards, which we know. And so when we talk about taking into our own hands, our body and our own immune system, obviously meditation and grounding practices and mindfulness raises our immune system because it lowers mm. the fear. We, mm. That's established. That's well known. And if you're listening to us and you haven't learned it yet, just Google it because there's tons of information. And so what about um, the food? What kind of foods and what kinds of things people can do on that simple level to help raise their immune system? Well, it's spring. And so everyone, I invite you to grow a little garden and have some greens in there. Mm -hmm. So some of the foods that are going to be best for you are those green leafy vegetables. Um, you really want to avoid processed foods, which this isn't rocket science. We hear it all the time. But what I want to talk about more is the behavior modification. Yes. Rather than what should we be doing, we know what we should be doing. Like this is grandmother's medicine. You should be eating <laughs> healthier. You should be moving your body a little bit more. You should be sleeping more at night and fucking unplug your phone and your computer. That's <laughs> well, what we should be doing. That's what we need to be doing. And I just saw a picture yesterday of the farmers, a farmer having trouble, and the person posted on Facebook, we get our food from Kroger's and Albertsons. Why do we need to help the farmers? Well, the interesting thing, <laughs> I also saw something online, and I haven't backtracked the fact checker on it, but that many um, Walmarts and other stores are saying that seeds are not essential, so they're not selling seeds. And if that's true, that's just big agriculture trying to take away your choices again. So again, this podcast, Thriving, Thriving, mm -hmm. take back your choices. I wanna share a story with you. Like, it was probably five years ago. 10 years ago, I banked with Wells Fargo, and, and Wells Fargo, I was having a problem with, so I switched to Chase had the same problems. Like big banks don't care about you. You are a number to a big bank and you're an interest. Like they have done all their formulas. Now it's interesting right now as people are filling out their, their forms for unemployment and they're filling out their rebate checks, the, the bigger banks I'm finding are not taking care of the individual. Whereas the credit unions and the very small banks are calling individuals up at their home and making sure they don't need more help. So it was five years ago, I switched my bank to a very small bank and it was really hard. It's not an easy decision when you have everything has your banking information on it, all your online bills, all your stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to do it because 
the big banks make it hard to leave so you don't leave. Right. Yeah. So I finally laughed and there's been a few times that I've needed something that my bankers are immediately there for me. They care. So that was the first thing. The second thing, you would think after I've been doing this for years and years about pulling myself away from conglomerates that it would just get easier. It's not easier. <laughs> this past year, my wife convinced me that we don't use Amazon Prime. Like we just like the, the way to use Amazon is go look at all the reviews and then find a mom and pop shop. And you might have to pay a couple more dollars for the exact same thing but you can give it directly to the person rather than to Amazon. And uh, it was hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love like Amazon prime free videos, like another way to hook you and, and zone you out so they can sell you more things. The fact that I can get whatever I need in like 24, 48 hours, I don't want to give that up yet. If we don't start doing the hard things to get back our life, we're going to have the same problems. And we're not going to thrive. Other people are going to dictate how our economics go, how our physical body goes, how our livelihood goes. And uh, I'm asking if you're listening to this podcast, make a list of all the things you've been thinking about reclaiming for yourself and circle one or two of them. Just start small. Yeah, I think starting small is starting someplace, but starting Yes. And, and not getting in that overthinking or what about this or I don't know where it's going to go and, and all of those kind of future things because nobody knows where it's going to go. So let's just start somewhere and get going. You know, I think that's so important. I'm a big one on just take the first step, whatever it is, just go do it. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I'm a bit of a control freak and control is an illusion, but it's an illusion that I like. And so... <laughs> When this happens, like I'm the type of guy that I'm like, I just, part of me wants to run out and go get it and gamble and see if I can survive because the government in all parts of the world has screwed this upside down. There is no government that's handling this perfectly. And the U.S. is one of the worst of handling a pandemic. Um, part of the problem is there's no, as you said, unified message. So we're really not in this together. The other part of the problem is the testing. There should have been testing available. Here's a true story. My daughter, uh, eight weeks ago, had all the symptoms. She had a fever for a week and a half. And here's a kid that gets a fever maybe once every five years. She had a cough. She had trouble breathing. She never has trouble breathing. And the hospital still wouldn't test her. So if the hospital is not doing any testing, we have no idea who's been infected and who hasn't. So how do we figure out if we should stay in shelter or not in shelter if we just don't know? And so we're now, my wife's a physician and we're looking at how do we get our own tests? Like I'm tired of, of hearing, we don't have the answers for you. Now a similar uh, situation as a, I'm still a licensed acupuncturist because I work with a lot of people in the healing world. And so about once a year, I take on a locum practice, meaning someone goes on maternity leave or they go on vacation and I take their practice. And on the first day, I'm usually like, why did I ever give this up? And I'm a, a week later, I'm like, oh, thank God I don't do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> 
But when this happened, I found it very telling that the national organizations that are in charge of all the acupuncture communities really were sending mixed messages. They didn't know what was going on. And it was the individual leaders within Facebook communities created subgroups and started showing how in China, Chinese medicine, herbs and acupuncture and the hospital, and they are one of the reasons why the numbers didn't get higher there. And so why is this not like Chris Como, who everybody knows and you either love him or you hate him, his wife is a wellness person and listed out exactly the homeopathic and food medicine protocol that he did when he got infected. Why is this not on every major news outlet? Why is it hidden? It's hidden because big pharma does not want you to know how to take care of yourself. And if they spend enough money to keep you plugged into your computer and fear monger you into like not doing things because they'll kill you, then we start to challenge our own beliefs. Even if our intuition is like, I know this feels wrong. This doesn't feel right. So my recommendation, I'm very passionate about this, is that you find some leaders that you can trust and that you start doing your grounding practice so you can trust yourself. Like, can you imagine what kind of world we would have if people just trusted themselves more? That would be amazing. I think, I think it would be an amazing world. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's how we thrive. I think we thrive by dialing into who we are on the inside and letting it show up on the outside. That's part of the way we thrive. The other Mm -hmm. way we thrive is we have to get into communities that support that part of us. Right. Because I've worked with people long enough on changing really who they are. And they're not changing who they are. They're just unveiling what's already been there. That often there's people in their community, like you're too big, don't do that. Or your personality is too much, tone it down. Or you ask too many questions, don't ask. And like, we have to let those people go. Or we have to tell them to fuck off. One of the two. Right. And I, I laugh because that's happened to me almost my whole life until recently where everything I said, I would say something and people would tell me to be quiet or, you know, I, I, oh, this comments, I don't even want to say out loud. Some of them were not very nice and they were acting like they were helping me when it really wasn't helping me. Right. Mm. And, um, it wasn't supportive and it wasn't community. And so it took a while. That's why the podcast is someone gets me. Cause a lot of people who are visionaries, a lot of people who are gifted look around and people aren't getting them and they need community. We all need community. Our, our brains require connection to others of the same species. It's a requirement as a mammal down to the basics. It's a requirement to have community. So how, what are some things that, that you're doing to help your community? Because you're a leader of a really, really Mm. big community and you've created this amazing group of people and you've really stepped up and stepped into the role of, of helping people thrive because there's been a, there's a lot of collateral damage and a lot of unexpected consequence that happens with these kinds of things. And here are the healers in crisis. And you've stepped in to really help show them the way. So what are some of the things that you're doing? Because I'm, I'm thinking people are listening to us that may not know you and don't know your community, but, and may not know how I see it much, but I could say, wow, I could create that for me. What kinds of things are you doing? Okay. So the, the first part is um, I have hundreds and hundreds of people on my newsletter and thousands of people on my social media accounts. and and um, 
showing up. And the first thing I did was just offer 20 minutes to anyone that needed it. So um, I knew I couldn't do that forever, but it was a quick way to get in. And, and the first couple of weeks when things started turning sideways, I was having calls all day, every day, just to support people. And um, the reason that I have renegades in one group, these are uh, past and current clients, and we're just about to open it up to the public, uh, is people need a community online that's supportive and going to challenge them and going to share resources. And so I constantly um, bring them things like co-working sessions or check-in times or guests that can teach them how to do SEO or marketing or videos um, so that you're not doing it alone. Um, the last piece is I've started showing up just in, I'm just learning more about Eventbrite, which is a very powerful tool, eventbrite.com, where you can just create a class for free, share it with different people. Um, the last class I offered started at zero and um, over 30 people registered. Uh, and it was only out there for like five days. And so, um, I think you have to get out of like often in the past when I've talked to clients, like, what do you want? I just want to be on Oprah or I just, I want a best selling book or I like go small. If you can help 30 people, 50 people, a hundred people, you're doing way more than most are doing. And so um, I encourage you if you have it to show up and help other people. If you don't have it, just find the other people that can help you. And it's okay if you don't have it. it. It's a really interesting time for me because I like, I think everyone has two sides to them. And my two sides are like, if I had two master teachers, it would be like the Dalai Lama and Eminem, right? <laughs> so the Dalai Lama is just like, yes, people need love. People need a hug. People need so much compassion. And Eminem's like, fuck you, get off your ass. And like, let's do this. Let's move. We can't talk about it anymore. And it's really interesting because I think we've been in a very soft time of like we, we have complaints and things seem hard, but they're not hard. Like most people that are listening to this, if not everyone, you have clothes on your back, you have food in your pantry, you have skills that can be shared, right? So we have to break that imprisonment and we have to toughen up a little bit, which isn't fun. So a lot of this is a mental game, Diane, and, and I, I do boot camp training, right? And there's times I don't want to do it. Like I, I'm like not one of those people that gets to the gym excited to be at the gym. I'm one of those people that finishes the workout and then like, yeah, all right. But on mm -hmm. the front side, even now after like a decade of hardcore workouts, there's still days I don't want to, right? Yes. And so if you're listening to me and you can feel kind of a rub, like I'm speaking to that younger part of all of us that doesn't want to, I don't want to deal with the economic crisis. I don't want to have to eat healthier when I love certain foods. And I'm going to say, you know, do it anyway. The results pay on the end, not on the front. Right. And that is a lesson, especially with people who are caught up in the no delayed gratification whatsoever in the instant world that we've been in that, you know, yes, the results are on the end. They're not on the, they're not in the beginning, especially with some of these things. And so sometimes that's the paradigm shift. Some people have to learn that it's not immediate gratification. 
you don't plant the seed and it sprouts tomorrow and gives you food. You know, it takes a minute for the roots to go down first. You don't even see what's going on until the roots are in and then the rest of it. And then after that, you actually get the harvest. You know, and I talked about that in one of my lives the other day and, and people commented to me like, wow, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, well, start thinking of it that there's a cycle going on. There's things happening here. Yeah. I mean, the really weird thing is that because I've been doing this for a decade now, I turned 50 this year and I'm in the best shape of my life. Right. And it didn't start with just showing up once and being in the best shape of my life. It, it was the commitment to keep going and going. And now I'll be honest with the listeners last week and the week before I generally work out six days a week. I worked out twice the week before I worked out once last week. And I, I started not thriving. I started mm -hmm. feeling like, ooh, all of the emotions I could feel in my body. And so um, I had to work out some strategies. Like I have four kids, I'm married. And I told my wife, like, I got to start trying new things because the way that I used to go to the gym, it's not working at home. And so we started playing together and um, I've worked out, what is today? Um, I worked out Sunday, Monday, and I have a workout today at, at three o'clock. So I'm on at a hundred percent now. So now you're back in the group, but I think that's an important point to bring up that we can have a long history of doing anything really well. And when there's big change and transition and things get mixed up, even the most honed of us have to like sit back for a minute and go, Whoa, I got a little off track and correct the course instead of beating ourselves up and staying off course. I have so many people who are like, well, I've messed it up. I messed it up. I missed my shot. Okay. And then they just keep tanking instead of saying, well, what do I need to do to correct it? And I think that's the, that's where thriving comes in is what do I need to do to correct the course when I catch it? Yeah. So the first thing is just start, you got to start to be aware. Like if you feel guilt or shame or blame, you have to go a level deeper. Like what's really going on there? Is that somebody else's energy or emotion? Or is that really internally saying, ooh, this isn't right? Like left to my own dem demise, I guarantee you, I would watch revenge movies, smoke pot, and eat as much sugar as I could. Like that would be my rock bottom of like, I don't want to lead. I don't want to take care of anyone else. I just want to numb out. And so whatever your numb out is, for me, uh, I have to really watch sugar now and I have to watch screen time. And mm. If, I, if I'm not on being aware of those things, it's like being in the undertow in the ocean. They'll just take you out. Mm -hmm. And so for you, the listener, if you just stop right now, and if you can close your eyes, if you can't close your eyes, just lower your gaze and just breathe in and breathe out and just ask yourself, what's your go-to checkout? Right? And you know, you know what it is. So just start to notice how do you take freedom back for you from that? For some of you, it might be cold turkey. For some of you, it may be easing out of it. Whatever it is for you, trust yourself that it doesn't have to have you in its grips. Like you can take that back. And it may be something crafty. Like if your eyes are still closed, just wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, open your eyes. I once met a guy, his, his like grip was meditation. And like, you would think, well, no, you, you can't meditate too much. Yeah, you can. You can start to exclude the rest of the world and just go internal 
and then you have really a hard time communicating with others. So there is no good or bad or right or wrong. It really is things that work for you and things that don't work for you. Yes. I did that meditation too long thing years and years ago. I owned my own um, center. Gosh, I don't know. You just reminded me of it. When would this have been? In the 90s, I think, early 90s. And in between my groups or in between my clients, I was alone in my office and I had a huge group room that had all these pillows. We sat on the floor on pillows. So yeah. it was perfect for meditating. And I would just be in there for hours all the time. And then I really had to struggle. I struggled a lot with resentment of having to deal with people. Yeah. Like I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to deal with traffic. I didn't want to deal with anything. And I'm like, God, what am I so intolerant for? I'm meditating all the time. I shouldn't be intolerant. And then it hit me. Oh, we're meditating over the top. And so it back, it comes back and gets you. And then I went back to my previous routine and it settled right down shortly after that. But I remember that awareness of I'm thinking, ah, oh, this is great. I can meditate all the time. And I'm like, well, not that much all the time. <laughs> so I, I was a long time ago. That was wild. I just remember that. So what are some things that you would say that it would be really important for all of us to pay attention to moving forward? Mm. Oh, the first one that comes to mind is like, notice yourself being a hypocrite mm. <laughs> it's like we're so good at seeing the parts of ourselves we want to change in others and we do this really wacky thing where we try to change them rather than try to change ourselves <laughs> and so it, it, it's really fascinating to me because i have a, a 1 3 12 and 16 year old and kids and that's the spectrum in child development and somewhere we just lose like the way we teach children. We're still children. Like I'm 50. I don't know how old you are, Diane, but we, we sink back into these habits and then we think like the same stuff won't work. So one, be kind, <laughs> be kind to yourself mm -hmm. and notice when you're trying to change someone else rather than change yourself. So take accountability, right? Mm -hmm. It's really the basics. Go back to the basics. Right. Um, the, the other thing about that is keep it simple. Behavior modifications only work when they're simple. If you try to take on too much, you're just going to fail. And, and if we get in that failure pattern, we just feel bad and we don't have any successes or any wins. So we give up. And so structure it in a way that you're not going to quit. Like really allow yourself to show up bigger and bigger and bigger for yourself and then celebrate those small wins. The small win may be that you want to learn how to do one pull up. You know, the small win may be that um, you don't get that food that you know doesn't work for you. So start there. That's a really good one. And, and another thing that I, I was, I've been talking to people about that goes where I, with what you were saying is, if you're having a hard time releasing like the food that you know you shouldn't have, you still have a hard time going through it in the grocery store, you have a hard time not eating it, eat healthy things first. And then if you still want it, you're not going to want as much of it. So if you keep replacing things with what's better, the body's mm. going to be feel fed and feel more nourished. And then it's not going to have that same craving. Or it's not going to have the same power. And so at least you're getting the good stuff in. And um, 
so far people are finding that it's helping at least some to get them started. So they have some kind of success going on. So. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is that the diet industry is a, a billion moving to a trillion dollar business. But if you look at the stats, the evidence just isn't there that it's helpful at all. And so I, I think like, go to the basics, drink water, like breathe deeper breaths. Like if we could just start with water and breath. Yes. Things can change so much with water and breath, right? That's yes. air and that's water. <laughs> and if we all took a big breath right now, there's still plenty of air. <laughs> We can't run out. We can all suck in right now together. Everybody listening, all suck in, and we still have plenty of air. So as I say all the time, air is your friend. Breathe. I, I don't know the truth to this. I read something else, like because I try to stay just informed enough to not look foolish, but it probably makes me look more foolish. Uh, intubation is, you know, when they put the tube in your mouth for COVID and what I'm finding is statistically the best thing you can do is breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. That's the best thing to prepare you if you do get it, but also if you have it, how to strengthen it not getting worse. And um, that's amazing to me. It's just like, I get excited about that, about like, what if you could grow some vegetables in your garden, you could drink more water and then, yeah, I would recommend that you buy a purifier so mm -hmm. that you have a slow drip or some sort of filter. And then finally, what if you just did some breathing exercises? Like imagine how much you could change your life with those three things. Right. Tons. Absolute tons. I know one time years ago I was doing a, um, a talk and a and the person sitting, the way the room was set up, it was almost, it was so full. I was like on a postage stamp and there were people on the floor around me and in the chairs and everywhere. And there was this person like five feet, if that, there was a person between us. So a body length distance from me. And that person was holding their breath so tightly that in the middle of whatever I was saying, mm -hmm. I don't even remember now. I remember turning and going, would you breathe? <laughs> <laughs> We have since become very good friends over the years, but because um, it took her by surprise ago, you're not breathing. And if you're not breathing, then other people aren't breathing and then all this is, doesn't work. So everybody needs to breathe. And I stopped everybody and we breathed a few times and they go, wow. I go, yeah, there's plenty of air. Air is your friend. Breathe, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> but, but Jason, breath is the first medicator. And that's why people hold their breath because they're moderating so much pain, emotional, existential, spiritual, yeah. physical. So it's are we willing to really let ourselves breathe enough to feel enough to be fully alive and fully human because that's how we then thrive and we're taught having all of our emotions and being fully alive is somehow not good enough or not right or wrong it's not true yeah it's not true yeah i it's interesting that I, every couple of years i take on a, a new mentor for myself and Two years ago, uh, Arian Light is a, a healer out of Australia, and he does breath work. Uh, warrior as love is his, his kind of thing. And, and so I had to do this breath work where there's, uh, there's deep breath, which is like breathe in, breathe out. And then there's quick breath, which is... And I started doing 30 minutes every morning of, of really six different breaths. 
And first time I thought I was going to pass out. I was so lightheaded. And after a month, I was like, oh, wow. And I remember this session very clearly that I, I had some anger in my body. And as a young man, I just had a lot of anger. And I've learned how to navigate it in some ways. But still, like, I, I have some pretty strong anger inside of me. And he taught me that, like, we just resist anger so much in this culture. Either we resist it or we just don't have any way to harness it, so we just vomit it onto other people. And really, it's about wiring it in where anger can become power and power can become useful. And uh, what did it cost me to get that medication to like continue to do it? Nothing, right? So it cost me a little bit to learn how to do it. And now I have that in my tool bag. That's wonderful. I know a lot of people who, when I even just try to teach them basic breathing, they, they get very resistant of even breathing air. Like, you know, and so I'm like, you don't breathe out of here. This is not where you breathe at, not the top of our chest. And, and so there's a lot of opportunity for people to take those small steps and keep mm. on moving toward being healthier and taking back their power and control. Because I've, I've say it all the time, and that is that if there's going to be any effective change for the human race, it's going to come from the ground up. It is not coming from the governments down. Yeah, I agree with that. To the extent that we're looking for somebody outside of us to save us, yeah, politically, religiously, or all of it, if we're looking for somebody outside of us to save us, we are looking in the wrong place. And so it's time that people started waking up and taking responsibility for their own welfare and then bringing that out into the world. That's what I say all the time. Yeah. One of my best mentors is uh, my best friend who was originally a mentor and his name is Ken Weiser and Ken Weiser is a naturopathic physician. Uh, so he uses naturopathic supplements, food, medicine, but he also in the state of Oregon, he's a primary care physician that has his DEA license and can do other medication as well. And he had cancer. He was a filmmaker. He got cancer. He healed himself. He became a naturopathic physician. And then he went on to work with Nike and the American Cancer Society. And I met with him because I wanted to just learn how was he opening doors to every place that everyone said was impossible to open. And he started teaching me and then he became, uh, we've been best friends for, wow, I think it's 20 years now. Wow. So um, mentors are important for sure. Um, but one of the things he continues to teach me is, to really find joy even in places that are hard and if you can laugh and you can be silly and you can still live your day you know i think what happened was he's worked with so many people with cancer that were dying to live rather than living to die and there's something about when you're diagnosed with stage four like mortality becomes like an issue rather than thinking, oh, we'll live forever. And I think what's happening with COVID is that we're getting a reminder that we don't live forever. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you've been freaked out and you've been panicked and you've been overconsumed by media, let this be the wake up call for you to live to die. Let it be the wake up call to start finding the joy 
and returning to the things that you love. One of the most valuable things for me is having four kids. Like kids are goofballs, kids are silly. They don't wanna be grown ups. And so my wife and I have decided that like, we're gonna be responsible, we're gonna make money, we're gonna own homes and, and possessions. Um, actually, we own one home rather than multiple, but, but that at the same time, we're not going to get plugged into growing up. Like it is okay to play in a way that other people may point and laugh. <laughs> you know, if you can let go of thinking you're going to be embarrassed or that's immature to like be silly or laugh or put your pants on backwards or like whatever, start there. If you're listening yes. to this and you've just been stuck, like start with being silly, make a video online that is totally ridiculous and let people like laugh with you. Yes. Uh, laughter breaks all of that old thing. And I, I keep thinking Jimmy Buffett's on growing older, but not up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And another a friend of mine has a t-shirt that says, don't grow up. It's a trick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect shirt, you know, and, and we all, we all get hooked in it, but some of us more so than others. And if you're just like, there is no solution to this. Life is hard. It's all doom and gloom all the time. You're missing the boat. Like this could yeah. be the turning point for you to have your best life ever. Mm -hmm. This could really let you take back your life to thrive with what we have. And we still like, Trader Joe's is still open. Like, you know, thing, things are still happening. And maybe you have less money than you had. That could very well be. But you're, you're listening to someone right now who's been through bankruptcy, has been through a business uh, uh, employee embezzling lots and lots of money. Like, we all experience hardships. But it doesn't have to take us out. Exactly. It doesn't have to take us out. In fact, we can come out stronger. That's right. You know, and so what if this reset, I call it, is really inviting all of us to step up and be stronger and more open and seen more and more present in our own lives and in the world than we were before. Yeah. Just imagine how much more energy everyone would have if they stopped trying to make sure that people don't see them for who they really are. Right. <laughs> A lot of people would be a lot less exhausted. It's tiring uh, to do that, you know. I just I, come on. It's okay, everybody. Let's just lighten up a little bit. Well, and I think that the cells would just start vibrating in a different way, where many people would start having uh, remission of of the things that they've been struggled with health wise. Yes. Right. Because we know that movement and breath and body is important, but the mind as well is so powerful. Like Western medicine tries to rule out placebo at all costs. And I say, go for the placebo. <laughs> really, whatever helps your mind heal your body is valuable. It's yes. a valuable asset. Even if everyone else says, don't do that. Right? You have to choose for you. Oh, yes. I, I totally believe that our minds heal our body. And our minds make our body sick. And our body is like the reflection of what's been going mentally, emotionally, spiritually since we've been alive. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time to make the U-turn, but it's still possible to make the U-turn. Yeah. And if, if you're, you're, you're just like, it's possible, but I don't know how, like reach out to someone like me or Diane or someone else, like allow yourself 
to be seen by someone who really gets you. So yes, I have that M&M side that I'm like, hey, let's, let's make some change. But that Dalai Lama side is needed. It's needed mm-hmm. to be seen for who we are and accepted for exactly where we are. So I often, whether it's copywriting or working with my clients, empathy first. Like if you can get empathy first, that's where the change can happen. Absolutely. That's true. So everybody, you're listening to Jason Stein, who is an amazing business coach for wellness people. I've known him for several years, and actually he works with me. And, um, and my business is better for it. And I'm better for it. So thank you. Publicly, thank you. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and I think that's the part that drew me to you and why I still just really have great respect for you is the, the really strong let's get it done in the Dalai Lama side and the let you know the both going together because yeah you have an understanding and an intuition and a kindness and you're also all about taking action like I am and so we're very similar that way and and so it's really amazing and you're doing great things for the world so you're mm. listening so everybody go to jasonstein.com that's his website and check him out because if you um, have a business or you're a wellness person or you know someone who is, tell them about Jason because he makes really amazing impact. And I love that. It's true. You you do. And, but make sure you check him out and let him know you heard him on the show because then it'll be even more fun because he'll remember what cool stuff he said and go, Oh yeah. Cause sometimes that's the way we honor people and the gift they're bringing to the world. And he's freely giving his time to us so we can freely give back. That's the mm. law. It's true. It's true. Thank you. Yeah. So I'll end with this. I have a weekly newsletter um, that's free. Uh, you can find it on jasonstein.com and there's a sign up button. And I really want more wellness people to thrive. Uh, when I say I'll end with this, I'm pissed. I'm frustrated that the Western model is pushing things that may be harmful during COVID where there has to be an integrative approach. And so we are seeing famous people that are using homeopathics, nutrition, Chinese medicine, Chinese herbs. And I think that's important to have a, uh, have a tool bag and have it prepared for you. And so my goal is for those people of the world, the yogis, the naturopaths, the gym owners, to be more visible so that they can really make a living sustainably helping the world be a healthier place. So you heard it here from Jason Stein. Now I have one kind of final question Mm. because I want to close it on a little bit of personal note because you're, you have a great sense of humor and, and so if we were going to do a billboard that you were going to put a message for the whole world on, what would you put on it? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, um, if I had a billboard, um, you're putting me on the spot. This is, I love the question. I think I would probably put like, don't let the motherfuckers get you. That's what I would say. <laughs> so there might have to be some, <laughs> yes. All right. That's, that's so you. It's so you. So there you go. That's the billboard that will be seen around the world. Jasonstein.com and Jason. Right. <laughs> so 
Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today and helping people really see that it can be seen and there's a great way to be seen and we can all thrive. And thank you for helping so many people before all this COVID-19, helping people through it and I'm certain flourishing afterwards. Your, your presence is making a difference. So thank you for that work and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right, remember everybody to keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star and you're here on purpose. So let's go out there and make a difference and be seen. Until the next episode, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.